The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is the Employment Law Show indeed. John Scholes here along with John Pincus, employment lawyer and uh, right there, most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. You can check it out. Sam Firu to Mark and LLP. That would be the way to uh, to go about doing that. Lots on the show tonight. My brother, welcome to the uh, first show of 2021. Let's get it underway. We will be talking about what you need to know about employment agreements and being let go from your job without even realizing it. If you want to send an email along tonight, you can do that. Uh, simply help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website's always up and ready to go, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. John, how are you, pal? I'm good. Happy New Year. How are you? You too, man. Good. I'm uh, ready to rock and roll tonight as we uh, we get underway here on a Monday. COVID-19 layoff update. Again, something else has changed. Always important. Uh, what's the uh, what's the details on that, pal? Well, there's been a legislative update, and what we're dealing with now is that uh, the provincial government has said for the purposes of the Employment Standards Act, uh, the law that puts a limitation on the period of time that someone can be placed on a layoff um, has now been uh, effectively extended to uh, July, uh, which for employees um, is uh, can be a disaster, right? Because now employees are effectively going to be in limbo uh, for even longer. And don't be surprised if in July, uh, these employers say, okay, now we're going to place you on another layoff and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you eight months from then, uh, so now you're getting into 2022. So uh, it's it's really really getting out of hand, unfortunately, uh, for a lot of employees because the problem is that this is being applied across the board. There is no uh, differentiation between industries. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're working for a software company or a restaurant; it's the same. And obviously, that that's uh, very very problematic. Fortunately, uh, the common law rights have been preserved. Um, so employees who have been placed on a temporary layoff should absolutely give us a call um, if they're not uh, interested in being in limbo for that long and are concerned that that's going to happen. So I think a lot of employees are going to be more inclined to enforce their rights. And in many cases, those employees probably should. So if you were laid off back in March of 2020, and uh, which, God, it almost seems like a year. Hard to believe we're in 2021. But if you're laid off back in March of 2020 and you've been going through this ever since, haven't been called back to work, now is what you're saying. It could be potentially two years by the time you go back to work, if you go back it, it, to work. It, it, it very well could be. And Jeez. in all likelihood, yeah, in all likelihood, if you haven't been recalled at this point, in most cases, you're probably not going to be recalled back. You know, Damn. it's possible, of course, but... I would say by now for most employees, if you haven't heard back from your employer uh, except to extend the temporary layoff, you're probably not getting your job back. So we should have a discussion. We should talk about your options because um, at the current state of things, uh, employees are going to be left in limbo for a long time. And you have common law rights and, and uh, the courts have said that this is not something uh, employers can just do willy nilly. Uh, being able to uh, discontinue an employee's salary is an extraordinary right uh, for an employer to be able to do. Uh, and if you haven't agreed in writing uh, for an employer to do this, 
uh, then you're going to have a, uh, you know, a cause for legal action. So give us a call and let's talk about it. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't even hesitate to do what John's saying because this could just get worse and worse. one 821 would be the way to reach out. Again, help at employmentlawyer.ca. As far as the week that was, uh, what do you got going on in that regard? Yeah, so uh, it's uh, we're, we're right into it this year. Of course, there's a lot going on in uh, uh, employment law right now. So hopefully, our listeners will uh, have uh, you know some familiarity with these circumstances, and uh, feel free to call in and, and talk about uh, uh, something that you may have experienced, or a friend or a family member may have experienced. The first situation I want to talk about is someone who'd worked for a small company as a manager for about one and a half years. And things have been slowing down due to COVID-19 and the companies had to cut back on expenses. And of course, what's usually the biggest expense? Payroll. So out she went, right? Company told her, hey, pursuant to that employment agreement that you signed when you started with us, we, uh, we owe two weeks pay under the Employment Standards Act. She hadn't remembered signing anything about termination pay, but she went back and looked through her employment contract. And sure enough, there it was a clause with a whole bunch of legal jargon relating to termination pay, uh, language that she still doesn't understand today. Uh, and so that's when she gave me a call. And the main thing she wanted to convey to me is, look, I, I'm really suffering uh, from a mental health uh, perspective right now because of COVID-19. I've actually had to take some sick days recently, which the company knows about. Uh, my doctor doesn't think I can even be looking for work, is what she's telling me. So, because uh, I, I think that's going to worsen my condition. So, what what can I do here? Yeah. So the first thing I did was I took a look at her employment agreement, and in about a minute, it was clear to me that this termination clause was illegally drafted, completely unenforceable, and void. Uh, and that is actually very, very common. And that was the first uh, major piece of good news for her. This is someone who was owed her full common law severance. Based on her age, her tenure, her high, uh, pretty high-level managerial role, and a pretty high salary, I determined that this is someone that was owed anywhere from four to six months' pay. And in particular, given her medical condition, I thought I, I assessed the amount she was owed was probably going to be closer to six months' pay. And I can tell our listeners that this is a difference of tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, so we're going to be negotiating that for her. And she is, I can tell you, already uh, rightfully feeling better about her situation. And so, you know, the takeaway here is you should, of course, always be seeking to an employment lawyer about your severance package, even if the company is uh, claiming that there's a termination clause limiting your entitlements. In fact, I would say especially if the company is claiming there is a termination clause limiting your entitlements or a contract limiting your entitlements because that tends to be where the gap between your full entitlements and what they are offering you is going to be the most stark. By the way, phone lines are open here live. You want to make that uh, phone call, 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400. It's uh, 713 on Monday. you got tons of time, so... So bring it on. Reach out through email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Okay, uh, item number two, pal, what is it? So the second situation involves someone who'd been working as a part-time executive assistant uh, for 10 years at a medium-sized accounting firm. Uh, and again, as a result of COVID-19, as is the theme uh, these mm -hmm. days, uh, she recently agreed to have her wages temporarily reduced. And uh, about a couple weeks ago, just before the holidays, the company told her, well, we're going to have to let you go, but we're going to pay you three months pay, of course, based on the reduced wages we've been paying you for the last three months. Well, well just one minute, she said, I only agreed to those reduced wages temporarily to save my job. I didn't agree to that being my severance. 
And so they said, well, we can't afford to pay you more, and, and that's that. Well, no, that's not that. Uh, that's when she came to me, uh, rightfully. And of course, what the company is saying is, is nonsense. Uh, the company cannot now decide that because she has graciously acquiesced to a reduced wage uh, in a bid to save her job, that they can now punish her for it at the point of severing her employment. And three months pay uh, for someone who'd been working for 10 years um, is not adequate and it's not close. Um, it was less than half her over entitlements, even leaving the reduced wages issue aside. And in particular, this is someone who's going to have difficulty replacing her job because she was paid a, a fairly high wage rate and she was part-time, a combination that's going to be pretty difficult for her to find, uh, which is going to increase her severance entitlements. And she's certainly going to be entitled to much more than uh, has been proposed and at her full regular wage rate. Uh, so we're going to be working with her uh, to get uh, a more reasonable severance package for her in the circumstances. And she is certainly glad that she called us. Everybody should, man, if only for a conversation, get some details. It's, uh, it's free. It's easy. one 821 5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. The website, by the way, is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Again, free. It's anonymous. All kinds of employment law bits on there. Stuff you need to know. There's even a section on disability law because those two things are quite uh, quite often intertwined, disability law and employment law as well. But feel free to, uh, to call the uh, the team at any time. 416-870-6400 is the number to call in. We are live, ready for your calls. Phone lines are open, so bring it on here. First show of 2021. Many more to go, though. What you need to know about employment agreements. The list is lengthy. We'll get to the first one, though. Why are they so important? Well, there are two times that you want to really uh, fo focus on making sure you get legal advice, and that tends to be at the beginning of your employment relationship and at the end. Those are the two times when an employment lawyer is going to be the most important. And I, I would say probably uh, those are of equal importance. And when we're talking about the beginning of the employment relationship, the reason that is important is because you're going to probably be given some kind of employment agreement. If you're not, great. That means that all your, uh, your rights are still going to be preserved. But if you're given an employment agreement, uh, there's a lot more to it often than just setting out your salary and your hours. Of course, these things are important as well. Uh, but they're going to lay out the rules that govern your job. And it's probably not going to be drafted by you. It's going to be drafted by the company or the company's lawyers or both. And that means that they're going to draft that employment agreement in a way that works for them. Uh, it's, going to draft, it's going to be drafted in a way that most likely curtails your rights and maximizes theirs. So this means that they could have provisions that grant their employer the right to change your job, the right to put you on a temporary layoff, uh, the right to prevent you from working in the industry for uh, six months, 12 months, two years, um, uh, the right to move your job, to transfer you to anywhere uh, in the country or I've seen you anywhere in North America. You know, these are very significant things. And of course, termination provisions, which we've talked about earlier. You know, the uh, in individual I was speaking about earlier tonight, fortunate enough to have uh, a way out of that termination clause because um, it was uh, illegally drafted. Uh, but in many cases, uh, well, in, in at least some cases, that's not going to, uh, they're not going to be so fortunate. And if that happens, you could be stuck with an eight-week entitlement where otherwise you may have a six-month or 12-month entitlement. So you have to be very, very careful about these things because once you sign, you're locked in. So speak to an employment lawyer so that we can go through these, at least flag them for you so you understand what you're about to give away.
We are talking about what you need to know about employment agreements. We'll take a short pause and get right back at it. In the meantime, the number, call. We're live, ready to go, 416-870-6400 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's Employment Law Show. This is Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Yeah, use that number. You know, we're live here tonight. If uh, you're worried about your employment rights, uh, this is your show. You've been terminated or laid off, wrongfully dismissed, harassed at work, experienced changes to your job. Human rights issues, whatever. Give them a call. John's here to answer that throughout the evening. Again, 416-870-6400 is the number to call through help at employmentlawyer.ca. In the meantime, talking about what you need to know about employment agreements. Okay, you got uh, you got two things here. You either got like a little one-page document or even a handshake for that matter, and you got the 20-pager on the left side. What's better, the 20-pager or the single handshake? Well, the handshake, or in, in COVID times, you may say the email, uh, is definitely <laughs> going to be the better option here, or a phone call, maybe we'll say, uh, is going to be the better option. There, there are always, of course, exceptions. You know, you may have a, a guaranteed length of employment for a certain period of time. Uh, you may have a, a bonus that you want put in writing. But generally speaking, the kinds of rights that an employee is going to want um, can be summarized pretty briefly, right? If you have a longer document, that's when we're going to start to get into employer rights, prohibitions on post-employment activity, uh, termination provisions that are very restrictive, uh, rights of an employer to change your job without notice, to uh, transfer you without notice, those kinds of things. And so if you have a shorter employment agreement, uh, you're not going to have those kinds of clauses. Uh, and particularly given that, you know, if you're not negotiating these provisions uh, yourself, then, um, and if you didn't draft these provisions, your interests haven't been accounted for. So don't make the mistake of what I've actually seen a lot of people do, which is to say, well, I need an employment agreement. I can't be working without an employment agreement. Yes, you can. It's perfectly legal to be working without an employment agreement. It doesn't mean you don't have an employment agreement. It just means you don't have a written employment agreement. And a verbal employment agreement is just as enforceable. So if an employee's got one sitting in front of them or they're home with one now, you know, they've been given one by a potential employer, they want this signed, what things should they be watching out for before they sign it? Always before, right? Other than calling you, right? Yeah, well, I mean, the safest thing to do is always going to be to speak with an employment lawyer because we always see things that we haven't seen before, um, and uh, you're going to want to know what you're getting into. But, of course, some red flags that we typically talk about are termination provisions, non-competition clauses, um, rights to change duties, rights of transfer, uh, temporary layoff clauses, anything that is going to curtail your rights um, that may have a significant financial impact on you um, or, or um, lifestyle impact on you are, are the kinds of things we're going to be looking out for. Would that be the type of thing of, you know, the employer trying to get you to sign off on the right to uh, change your shift from days to nights or move you down the road or across province if you sign up for it, things like that? Is that is that things you'll find in the agreement that you really got to watch out for? Yeah, and you know, another thing that we're probably going to start seeing, John, is uh, agreements talking about telecommuting arrangements, right? Because we're having a lot of employees who are working remotely right now, very yep. comfortably signing up to work from home, work their, for, for their, from their computer. 
And eventually, uh, you know, we're going to make it through this. Vaccinations are going to start to, to do their work. And, and some employers are going to be happy to keep uh, employees working from home because there's a lot of benefits to doing that, of course. But other employers are going to say, no, you know what? We really want people in the office. There's a social interaction. I want to be able to drop in on people and they may want to be able to monitor people. Um, and so employers may start putting things in employment contracts saying, you're going to start working on a telecommuting basis, but we can pull the rug out from under you without notice, right? We can tell you, hey, remember the last you know, two years or the last six months that you've been working from home and you've been comfortable doing that? Well, now you, we need you to drive down to our office, you know, an hour from your house every day. And if you don't like it, too bad, right? That's it. Then you've resigned. Uh, and they can put that into an employment agreement and it may look innocuous if you haven't gone over that with, uh, you know, with a fine comb. So uh, that's something I anticipate we're going to start seeing more of. But that, that, that would not hold water even for people who are currently employed. For instance, if you and I are working at home now, we haven't, except for COVID times. And then a year from now, our employers say, you know what, guys, need you to come back into the office. That's different. They can do that because that's how we started our job, no? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So if you were working always from the office and COVID, you're working from home, and now the employers, you know, and it's safe to bring you back to the office, and the employer says, I want you back in the office, uh, then you're not going to have the right to say no. Right. Uh, but if you've started working from a telecommuting arrangement or you ha- and you've, you've been doing that for a while, that's when that can become a term of your employment. And in fact, there nice. is legal precedent that if, an empl- if you've been working for a very long time uh, from a telecommuting arrangement, the employer can't just all of a sudden force you to start going into the office. So that's, although it doesn't apply to the case you, uh, you've mentioned, it, it's going mm-hmm. to apply to people who were doing that before COVID or people who started jobs during COVID uh, from a telecommuting standpoint. Again, 416-870-6400. you have any questions live here on air, bring them on. Ask them. you still got time. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. We're talking about things you need to know about those employment agreements. Okay, so it's got a bunch of things listed on there like we just uh, we just rifled off. You don't like a lot of them. You think maybe uh, I shouldn't be signing this thing. Can they be negotiated at all? Often they can't, right? If you're competing with other candidates, then you know it, it's often a take-it-or-leave-it offer right. but in other cases particularly if you are being recruited then you may be able to say i'm not going to agree to this i need this term to read like this i need this term to read like that and i would say if you're being recruited and you're being presented with an employment agreement you almost definitely should not be signing it uh, sight unseen um you know without uh, uh, an employment lawyer reviewing it and you probably should be negotiating it because that first draft of the employment agreement is not going to be in your favor. Uh, so definitely for people who are being recruited from other jobs, that is exactly the, the, the time that you should think about negotiating it. Um, or if you're not being recruited from a job, but you just know that um, the demand for the kind of job that you have um, is high and there's not a lot of people who can do it, um, and you know that you may have other job offers, then you're going to take the job offer that's going to be the, the email as opposed to the 10-page contract. Uh, in many cases. So in those cases, you may have an ability to negotiate. So as a, it's not really a legal matter, right? There's, there's no legal restrictions on you being able to do it. It's just what, what practically, uh, as, a, as a matter of leverage, do you have with them? Yeah, and I guess if you're, you know, you're part of a, an employment hiring blitz and you've gone through two or three interviews and it's down to you and maybe another or a 
couple other people, then you, I guess, would have some more leverage because they put time and money into getting you that point. To that point, they obviously like you, and you should be able to negotiate a little further, right? That's right, and it's also going to depend on the kind of provision you're negotiating to, right? Yeah, like yeah. The the employer is probably going to be um, not enthusiastic to part with a termination provision that they have drafted. Uh, but a non-compete provision or restriction or, or, you know, or an ability for them to transfer you uh, or put you on a layoff, they may be more flexible about. So it's going to depend on finding a compromise that you and the company can live with. 416-870-6400. If you have something on mind you want to talk about, not just about employment contracts or anything else, COVID-related, maybe a temporary layoff, whatever, give us a call. The number's still live here and still got some time to go. Uh, so now you've signed that employment agreement. Without advice, now what happens? Well, of course, that's that's not ideal. Uh, but in many cases, um, it, it was a take it or leave it offer, and you had to right. sign it in order to get the job, and so you did. And uh, many employees faced with that choice. In fact, if not, perhaps most employees will sign the agreement anyway. Um, and often those agreements will contain things like restrictions on your ability to compete and, of course, termination provisions. Now, if you have been terminated, and there is a termination provision, you should still absolutely be seeking advice. Think about the example that I mentioned at the top of the hour. Um, this may be a case where you're being offered very little, but you are still entitled to a tremendous amount of severance. Uh, so keep in mind that notwithstanding what your employer has said, uh, many, in fact, if not most uh, termination provisions that uh, have been drafted are not enforceable. Sometimes the entire contract uh, is not enforceable. So uh, definitely still get uh, legal advice, even if um, you're being, uh, you know, these things are being cited in your termination letter and it is something you signed. Want to switch gears over to uh, being let go from your job without even realizing it. But first, I want to get an email in there uh, in advance of that. Sammy says, uh, John, my employer terminated my job a year ago. Is it too late to do anything about it? Well, no, Sammy. The good news is it is not too late to do something about it as long as you have not signed a release. Uh, the limitation period is two years from the date you are given your notice of termination. That's the limitation period to bring a civil claim for wrongful dismissal. So it is not too late to negotiate a severance package. It's not too late to do something about it. And if you have gone on the severance pay calculator uh, and it looks like um, you uh, were offered less than you're otherwise entitled to, absolutely we should be negotiating that so i would encourage you to give us a call let's talk about it and uh, we can at least tell you if uh, the termination package you were offered was uh, legitimate and if if not appropriate we'll we'll fix that let's get through some of these talking points being let go from your job without even realizing it and we tackled this uh, in part at the top of the show and that is you're out on a temporary layoff you're already right. terminated right and and you know many employers and many things that you may see online will try to tell you that uh, COVID-19 is a, you know, it's a different time and temporary layoffs work differently. And the truth of the matter is uh, we have no indication from the law that it is going to be treated differently for any purpose other than your minimum entitlements. And that's always been the case. Um, and we have always been saying that despite the fact that temporary layoffs have always been permitted under the Employment Standards Act, 
that is still a termination when it comes to your full entitlements, which means that for our purposes, for the purposes of when we're talking about the severance pay calculator, when we're, everything we're talking about this show, your entitlements are the same. So if you have been put on a temporary layoff and your employer is not calling you back to work and you want a severance package, now is the time to give us a call uh, because you still have full entitlements and uh, COVID-19 does not mean you don't have any rights anymore. The law still matters. Being let go from your job without even realizing it is what we're talking about. Uh, 416-870-6400 is a number you can use for our remaining time here to give us a call on air and ask your questions. Uh, how about this one? Your employer changes the terms of your employment. We're talking about your salary, your job duties, work location, hours of work, stuff like that. Yeah, so this, this is certainly a case where you could have what's called a case for constructive dismissal, but you want to be very careful because not all changes are going to be a constructive dismissal. A change has to be very serious uh, and it has to be something that you haven't agreed to. And you may have agreed to it without even knowing. If you've signed an employment contract without legal advice, again, another reason why you should get legal advice when you sign a, a, an employment agreement, um, you may have agreed that they can change your job duties. You may have agreed that they can change your work location and force you to transfer to somewhere uh, very far from where you were uh, originally. But if you have not agreed to it and it is a significant uh, breach, for example, if they permanently reduce your salary by 15%, uh, then that could be enough for you to say, I don't want to agree to this. I'm leaving and I want my severance. Before you do that though, please, please speak to an employment lawyer because if it turns out that was not a constructive dismissal and you will not know that until you have spoken to an employment lawyer, then that will be a resignation and you will have no severance entitlements. So yes, that can be a constructive dismissal, uh, but just uh, proceed with caution and proceed with legal advice. Talking about times you've been let go from your job, you don't even realize that you're put on an unpaid, unpaid suspension. Yeah, unpaid really is, is the key word here, John, as, as you properly emphasize, because uh, paid suspensions uh, can be uh, uh, permitted uh, and, and often are permitted. Unpaid suspensions are very different and those are typically constructive dismissals. And we, we have case law that goes all the way up to the Supreme Court of Canada that talks about that. Now, even if you have done something wrong that calls for discipline, uh, the way your employer deals with that, the way that your employer responds to that may be a breach of contract. And, it, and if in the case of an unpaid suspension, that is often a basis to simply treat it as a termination um, and seek a severance package. You still want to seek legal advice before you take any action, but that is definitely uh, an instance where you want to give us a call uh, and have a discussion with us about what your options are. I guess, you know, well, once you're on suspension and you're not being paid, I mean, they've already, you know, guilty as charged. I mean, the, there hasn't even been a trial yet. You've already been found guilty because they're not paying you if you're suspended. You know what I mean? Right. You know, especially if they haven't given you an end date for that suspension, that's where I find yeah. that the cases are particularly egregious when they say, you know, we're investigating this and you're on an unpaid suspension until further notice. I think that's when employers are really going to be in trouble. You know, if they put you on a, a one or two day unpaid suspension, that might be a little different. That might not rise to a constructive dismissal. Uh, but if it's a lengthy uh, suspension, certainly if it's a suspension that does not have an end date, uh, that's definitely a candidate. Uh, for constructive dismissal. So we should definitely be having a discussion. Just make sure to, uh, to chat with us before you do anything. The company you work for is being sold. You may have been let go without even realizing it too. 
Yeah, that's right. So if the company you have been working for uh, has been sold, and we're talking about an asset purchase, not a share purchase, where, where the actual assets of the company are changing hands, then what we what we say is that by operation of law, it's a termination. So uh, your 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 employer is done, right? Your employer has 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 been transferred. You uh, you haven't agreed to do that. So that means that under Employment Standards Act um, and under the common law, your employment is terminated. Uh, but uh, you're only going to be owed something if you do not continue working with the new company. If the new company offers you a job on the same terms or similar terms and you take that uh, uh, position, then um, the new company is going to have to take into account your previous years of service uh, when they're thinking about uh, a severance package. Now, this is a time, if the company's offering you a new job, that you want to make sure um, that they acknowledge your original start date, that they agree to recognize your original start date, but by and large, by default, there's going to have to be some consideration of your prior service when it comes to uh, if the new company offers you a severance package. Now, if the new company offers you a job that's reasonably uh, comparable and you say no, you're still going to be owed severance, but it's going to be only your minimum entitlements. If the company offers you a job that's not similar um, and uh, you say no, you actually at that point can go back to the old company, the one that was sold, and say, you are now responsible for my severance because I have not found a new job and I was reasonable in, in not accepting the one the new company was offering me. So as you can imagine, it, it gets a little bit complicated, but the, 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 the moral of the story here is if the company's been sold, look at the job offer that's been offered to you, make sure you're comfortable with those terms, and if you're not, give us a call and let's make sure you're protected at that time. Don't wait until yeah, you let go. You bet. one 821 5900 is the number. Get to a call here before we uh, carry on. Uh, Marley Ali, how are you? Good evening. Hi. Uh, I have a question. My sure. company let off me temporarily, uh, but they did not call me yet. But I have a question. I apply UI, and uh, if they call me and I, I cannot go because I have a fear of COVID, uh, uh, what I right okay so um, as I understand it you're you're on it on a layoff right now the the company has put you on a layoff yes they say okay but uh, my question is I apply uh, employment already and mm -hmm. if if you know if they call me mm -hmm. uh, and I have a fear of COVID I don't want to go yet. Uh, well, okay. So, program for my UI, they're gonna stop paying me. It 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 very well could be. Um, if you are not willing to go back to work because you're just having a general anxiety about COVID nineteen, your employer could treat that as abandonment of employment, right? If you have a specific safety concern about the workplace, that's different. But if you're just saying I'm anxious about COVID-19. It's understandable, of course. Uh, everyone is still anxious about it. Uh, but if your employer wants you to come into work um, and you have that anxiety or not willing to come into work, um, then the employer does not have to hold your job for you at that point. 
Um, so what I would recommend doing then, just so that you don't uh, lose your ability to get EI, you don't lose your job, is ask the employer if they consider allowing you to go on um, a medical uh, or you know personal leave of absence. And hopefully that will mean that you can uh, still keep your employment insurance and equally importantly, uh, keep your job when you are more comfortable um, of, of going back. But remember that your employer does not have to do that, right? If it's just a general anxiety, a general fear of COVID-19, they can insist that you go back. And if, they, if you say no, they can treat that as a resignation, which means no severance and you could lose your employment insurance. So you really have to talk to your, employment, uh, your employer and hope that they'll, they'll cooperate with you. This is assuming that your employer is. Uh, thank you for the call, by the way, Marlili. This is assuming that uh, that your employer is following all the protocols and distancing and everything they're supposed to. Correct. Yes, very good point, John. I, and, and I was kind of alluding to that at the beginning of yeah. my answer to the question yeah. here, because, you know, it, it, if this is a case where you have a specific concern, where you're saying, look, they're they're letting in customers in, in without masks, or there's there's not adequate social distancing, there's not adequate hand washing and hand sanitizer. Uh, then that's a case where you should be contacting the Ministry of Labor and having them do um, an assessment of um, whether that's a, uh, you know, an appropriate um, uh, workplace to be working in. And if they decide that it's not, they will make an order and you will not have to go back to work until your employer complies with that order. Get to Alan's email here. Thanks for the uh, email, Alan. By the way, for Alan and you and everyone else, help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. He says, uh, what is the age of mandatory retirement? <laughs> well, uh, there is no age of mandatory retirement. Uh, mandatory retirement has been, out, uh, has been effectively outlawed in Ontario for the past uh, 15 years or so. Um, and so an employer cannot terminate your employment strictly because of your age. And if they do that, that's going to be a human rights violation unless they can prove uh, that there's what, what we call a bona fide occupational requirement that you have to be a certain age or it's impossible to prove to, uh, for you to perform the job. Um, if it's just, no, we say after 65, uh, you can't work anymore, that's illegal, it's a human rights violation and uh, they're gonna be on the hook for human rights damages. Mohammed writes in says, hey, John, my employer is refusing to pay me overtime. They say it is because I'm a manager. What should I do? Well, the question here, Mohammed, is going to be, are you really a manager right. in, fa in law, right? If you are actually a manager, you're delegating authority to others, you have managerial responsibilities, you know, perhaps you have some budgeting responsibilities, some hiring and firing responsibilities, then under the Employment Standards Act, you may be subject to an exemption because not everyone is entitled to overtime. Um, but uh, on the other hand, um, if uh, you're just a manager in name only, then you could have a significant overtime entitlement depending how many overtime hours you've been working. So in that case, keep track of it and uh, make sure you're sending your overtime hours to your employer regularly so they can't claim they didn't know about it later. And they have to pay you regardless, don't they? They have to pay you regardless. If you meet, if you do not meet an exemption in the Employment Standards Act, uh, for example, there is a managerial exemption, but if you don't meet that exemption and you don't meet any other exemption, then you're going to be entitled to overtime. So uh, definitely, if this becomes a, a serious issue, you're owed a lot of money, um, you know, give us a call or consider um, getting in touch with the Ministry of Labor. Get to our last couple minutes here. We'll slide Cody's email in. It says, my employer wants me to switch from being an employee to an independent contractor. What do I need to know about that? Well, what you need to know about that is that the law uh, does not care about what you're being called. What the law cares about is what you are. Um, are you actually, in fact, in business for yourself? 
um, or are you in business for the company? And if you are still in business for the company and effectively all your duties have remained the same, then you're still an employee. If you're still working only for them or maybe you have another job but uh, you're mostly dependent on them and you're subject to their control, then that is going to be an illegal arrangement and you shouldn't be agreeing to it. So um, if you're being presented with an agreement, for example, please give us a call so we can talk about it and make sure you're not signing something illegal. There's uh, employment standards issues there, there's severance issues there, uh, there can be uh, tax uh, risks of doing that. So this is the time to speak to us. And again, all the details of whether you are or are not an, uh, an independent contractor, you can find that information among so much more at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's absolutely free. It's anonymous, and John's made reference to the severance pay calculator. It is rolled up into that website as well, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. So head over there and uh, check it out. Spend some time. If you want to reach out, there's a contact button at the top right. If not, just close down your browser. Nobody knows you're over there. Email address we refer to every show is this, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And to reach out to the fellas, oh, by the way, employmentlawyer.ca, the website, We'll give you links to our television show as well. And finally, the phone number to reach out to John or the rest of his team, one 821 5900 That is a wrap for Monday. We are back here on Wednesday night as well. Hope you'll join us then. But do not move a muscle or tune away. No, On Point continues. Our good pal Arlene Bynan coming right back on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.